0: Welcome everyone to our weekly Flutter chat. We're going to give people time to kind of file in here. Ray, I sent you a co-host invite. Let me know if that came through, or if you had any issues with that. Looks like Ray might not be in a position to co-host right now, so I will take over all speaking duties for the moment. Hopefully Ray gets an opportunity to come up at least as a speaker or a co-host to talk about his hashtag thanksflutter that he's been running for the past week or so. Uh, as a as an introduction for those of you who are tuning into these spaces for the first time, myself and Ray tried to do a weekly uh X space about Flutter every Wednesday, typically about this time. Ray might end up doing some uh, some later uh, spaces for those in different time zones, but I typically host the one here at what is 12 p.m. my time on the uh, U.S. West Coast. Uh, what we try to do with these, we we might have some things to talk about when we start these spaces, but in general, what we like to do is have Any members of the audience come up and speak to ask questions and make comments and provide perspectives. The goal is to actually help build some Flutter community, which involves us actually talking to each other and learning from each other. Now, with that said, a few things we might talk about today. Uh, Again, Ray started a hashtag thanks Flutter campaign on X, and it looks like he's back with co-host privileges. So in a few minutes, he'll talk about that. Uh, We can also talk about Ian Hickson, a.k.a. Hixie, leaving Google. He has been the tech lead for Flutter since before I joined the team back in 2018, maybe as early as 2016, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, So that's a very big departure. It's similar in kind to the departure of Eric Seidel and Tim Sneath. Those were kind of the three top people for most of Flutter's history. We can hear different opinions and thoughts on that. Uh, Ian did post on his blog that he expects to continue working on Flutter, though obviously I'm sure he can't work on it to the level he did when he was paid every day to do it. Uh, Also a quick update on the Swift UI Flutter port. Uh, We've locked down all of the UX leads and I will be uh, following up with those UX leads to have all of us collectively begin specking out Swift UI behavior and once we get into that groove we will also begin implementations. I will post more to my feed as there are action items that other developers might be able to take, but uh, we continue to move forward a little bit every week with that project. So with that, Ray, would you like to jump in and talk about your hashtag ThanksFlutter campaign? looks like maybe Ray is still not in a position to speak. So I'll, I guess I'll jump in and talk a little bit about that. It appears that, uh, that Ray wanted to start sourcing uh, aspects of Flutter that developers like us have found useful and things that we appreciate about Flutter. And so he started posting things that he's appreciative using the hashtag ThanksFlutter, which then got other people in the community and also some people on the Flutter team to do the same. I would encourage all of you to do that as well. You know, it's good to have a positive reminder of why we use Flutter and why we appreciate Flutter and what Flutter does that other technologies still can't seem to do. I will say, and by the way, uh, we've also had a, a few more people trickle in here. So let me remind everyone, anyone is welcome to speak. You're welcome to ask questions. You're welcome to provide comments and perspectives. All you need to do is request to speak and I'll give you permission. You can come up and, and uh, say whatever you'd like. But I will say that for me personally, what has <clears throat> really always been the greatest value in Flutter, the thing that I appreciate the most, is that I can take one set of skills, I can learn one language, one build system, one set of user interface APIs, and I can take that wherever I want to go. If I want to work on an Android app, no problem. iOS app, no problem. Desktop app, no problem. I can take my creativity and my vision wherever I want it to go. And I don't have to learn multiple new languages. I don't have to learn new build systems. I don't have to learn new IDEs. I can just focus on the product and wherever I want to take it. For me, that's always been the greatest value. I think that's That's what Flutter provides to the world that nothing else currently does and and maybe nothing else will for a very long time. That's allowed me to think more in terms of product and in terms of user experience and think less about the latest Android APIs or the latest iOS APIs or that I'm going to have to to get into a web browser. I'm going to have to learn HTML and CSS and JavaScript, the document object model and box layout and Node and NPM and all these things Instead, I can just practice the craft of Flutter. With that, I'm curious, would any of you like to come up and talk about some of the things that you appreciate most about Flutter? Just request to speak, and I'll bring you on up.
1: Hey Matt, Uh, good to see you and thanks for hosting this space. Uh, So my phone crashed earlier, so that's why I dropped off and uh, had to hop back on. Uh (laughs) Uh, To follow up on what you were saying, um, yeah, let me, uh, so what I'll talk about is I'll uh, share some details about the Thanks Flutter campaign, the Thanks Flutter hashtag and the ideas behind that. Um, And then also, Uh, Share a bit about the reasoning of like why I want to really promote Flutter um, and what I like about Flutter so the thanks Flutter hashtag um, I came up with idea because uh, When I was building uh, for Flutter web building my build I saw that my build time I was reduced by like over a minute Um, It went from something like in eight minutes down to six minutes um, to build uh, my Flutter web project. And I looked at into that and uh, the b- improvements were from the flutter step, the flutter build step. So there is this 20 to 30 percent decrease in build times, and no one else was talking about it. Um, and it's huge. Like getting a 20 to 30% build time increase, that, that's insane. That's a, like, you can't even get that by buying a new computer. So if you buy a new computer and you try to build an Android project, uh, you might shave off something like, you know, 30, 40 seconds. Um, and that's upgrading, you know, from a very old computer. So just getting this huge increase. Which is almost like silent it's, it was like a secret <laughs> it, it just by upgrading th- uh, the flutter version uh, that really like just made me uh feel like just so incredibly grateful um for the work that the flutter team is doing and for this technology. um, so I wanted to share that, and while I was sharing that, I was thinking. Wait, there are so many, so many things that I'm thankful for, and it's Thanksgiving tomorrow so uh let let me you know make a hashtag thanks Flutter, and just share you know something I really appreciate about Flutter every single day so that's sort of uh the story behind the thanks Flutter hashtag um, and I would appreciate. It greatly, and it would really, really help. Um, and it's really wonderful to see, you know, everyone tweeting the hashtag and replying and sharing, you know, what they've built, what they are appreciative of. So that's uh, sort of the background be- behind the Thanks Flutter uh, hashtag. Uh, on a more personal note, what's really incredible about Flutter to me is, like you said, Matt you can focus on flutter and use flutter to build what you want and not have to learn all of these different technologies and not have to build your you know foundation on a pile of sand if you will so previously coming from android development every single year um, you have to keep up with the api changes You have to uh, sometimes re-architecture and rewrite your entire app. For example, when uh, constraint layouts were released, um, and then now motion layouts are released. So every year there's something new. And that's a lot of effort and a lot of time um, trying to hit or stand on perhaps a moving target. And with Flutter, uh, we don't have to worry about a lot of that. Um, and what's really incredible to me personally about Flutter is that, like, I can make, I, I can tweet out, <laughs> you know, all of these things that I love about Flutter, and I, I don't want to be, you know, really the person that's promoting Flutter, uh, but I feel like I can promote Flutter if that makes sense. So I, it feels like I can make a difference. Like starting these spaces, hosting these spaces, I don't have the best health. Um, And and Matt will attest to this. It's a struggle, you know, for me at least personally, to host these spaces uh, every single week. Um, So thankful, you know, very thankful for you, Matt, that you're able to host these um, as well. Uh, So anyone, if you want to, you know, come up and host uh, and help host, if you want to post about Flutter, if you want to promote Flutter, you can do that. And you do make a difference. So we see that from this thanks Flutter campaign. Um, so everyone, thank you to everyone that joined because we got Flutter trending. Like if you look in your uh, your own personalized trends. So if you're in the Flutter community, you know you've talked about Flutter before. You'll see Flutter trending in your personalized trends. And the last time that happened was during the Flutter Forward event, like almost a year ago. But we were able to do that. And that's what's so powerful. That (laughs) even though, you know, me, I don't have that many, you know, I don't have that much influence per se, but I'm able to actually contribute. And that's super valuable. And it feels super meaningful. And that's the same for every single one here as well. You tweet out about Flutter, you're helping the Flutter community. Um, And perhaps that's something that, the flutter team also needs a lot of help with there's so much that's silent there's so much that goes under the radar flutter is very very underrated so anything we can do to help bring attention and whenever we come in and we you know promote flutter or talk about flutter what what you're actually doing is you're actually contributing an incredible amount because I think that's what a lot of people don't realize. Um, Flutter cur- currently, you know, in web um, in a lot of business aspects, it's not the default. So anyone that tries to you know push resources towards flutter is bringing a net positive to the community and they are sacrificing you know some part or they're sacrificing or working you know really hard to bring resources to this community and i'm just very appreciative of that um and just realizing and i want to really share that realization that um Everything you're bringing to Flutter, um, you're really contributing, and it is making a huge difference. Uh, So with that, uh, let's open up, uh, anyone else, you know, just press the mic button, uh, come up and speak, and we'll open it up to your thoughts. Uh, Back to you, Matt.
0: Thanks, Ray, and thanks for starting the, uh, the hashtag campaign and getting Flutter trending. We had one person that came up to speak, but then disappeared back. I think to the audience. We'd really love to hear again what it is that that uh, has you all thankful, or excited, or appreciative of Flutter. Uh, so let's see. We got one person coming up here. Looks like he's connecting. Is it is it Ryassad? Uh Just hold on a moment. Uh, I'm just going to change my speaker.
2: Okay.
0: And while that's happening, again, any of you can request to speak. We'll bring you up. You can ask questions. You can uh, provide comments and perspectives. We're here to help the community talk to each other.
2: Um. Hello. Uh. Can you hear me? Yep. Sure. Can. Yeah. So, uh, as Ray was saying uh, about the thanks flutter, so I wanted to like uh, highlight two features of flutter. Uh, One of those is uh, the Dart JavaScript interrupt interrupt. So. I talked about this uh, in the previous space uh, when I joined with you guys that I was able to integrate like a uh, JavaScript ads SDK in my Flutter web using the interrupt. So, this is something that a lot of people don't know. And right now, I believe in the uh, Flutter Reddit community, there's a post about some guy made about it like the target interrupt is really nice. So, this is something that allows you to call any JavaScript function from within Dart, from within a Flutter application and interact with it, like get the result, then maybe process it, maybe then send it to some other JavaScript uh, process. So you can actually do anything that a JavaScript library can do if needed in Flutter web. So this is something that I'm really thankful to Flutter for. And another thing that is really nice is you can easy, easily integrate with uh, native Swift or Kotlin or stuff when you need to. So I haven't uh, done much of those th- that stuff, but it's coming. And uh, finally, as uh, Matt said at the v- beginning that we can just uh, learn Flutter and uh, wherever I go, like is iOS, web, maybe Windows, maybe Linux, maybe... Uh, Android doesn't really matter. I can just use the same tool. So one example that I can give is, I'm working on a uh, so uh, on a platform that allows you to like open a shop within just like a few minutes and start selling. So I have lots of stuff ready, but it's mostly web-based. So I didn't have any app. And I, uh, a few weeks ago, I decided, okay, I have now I have some time, maybe I'll work on an app for this. So it only took like two to three weeks to get an app up and running where I am able to browse all the products in the store, browse like a filter them based on categories tags and stuff like that, add the products in cart, maybe scan a physical product and add that in the cart, complete the order, complete payment, and process the shipments and stuff like that, like the whole e-commerce thing. So if you're trying to do business, you're trying to sell some products, maybe in your store, physical store, you can use this app to run, run that system. And the whole thing is done within three uh, three weeks. If you're like, uh, you can run it on iOS, you can run it on uh, I mean Android, or maybe if you have a desktop or laptop, you can even run it on that so even though those are not the target for this app if i need to i can actually like later extend the uh, feature set and use it on there so this is a benefit that i believe no other platform provides right now maybe kotlin multi platform is like coming coming there and there's a the new one this i call i think it's called uh skip or something like that which is like uh, write Swift and then get Android app out of it, but still Flutter is the best one here, and it provides you with such a speed, uh, reduce amount of cost, and um, ability to like focus really focus on the product and product that you're going to build. So these are the three things that I wanted to highlight, and um, I'll stop now. And before I stop, I just wanted to mention that. I've been following Hixie since he was editing HTML5 spec, like back in 2012 or something like that. Uh, and I am a very big fan of his. And it was like a really, like I, I was really happy that he is leading Flutter team. And now like knowing that he left is, uh, is, is a very sad news for me. And uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the future of Flutter. So uh, since Matt, you've worked in Flutter team officially, uh, so I would really like to know your perspective on this. Like, why did he leave, and uh, what it means for Flutter in the future?
0: Thanks, for Uh So, starting first with what you mentioned about the things you you appreciate about Flutter. So, you mentioned uh, interoperability with JavaScript, but also with with uh, Swift, with Kotlin, and in fact, I'll add to that. FFI foreign function interface which is is really a superpower that i think has yet to to get you know to really take over the way it might moving forward because dart ffi function foreign interface allows you to interop with c code and most most kind of core or really uh, complex packages in the world are written in c that's just due to the history of programming and Dart FFI allows you to talk to those. It's, it's a little more difficult with C++, um, and I'm not sure that Dart FFI has really reached where it needs to be to interop with C++, but certainly with C code, you can do a lot. And that, that allows you to do things like, uh, imagine video generation, uh, audio generation and editing and things that kind of really get deeper into the into core computing that there are c packages to do you can do that with with ffi and you also uh, mentioned uh, uh
2: w- one qu- quick question uh do you yeah. think this ffi thing uh will work with Smalltalk?
0: well it's it's specifically for c so if or at least a c compliant binary so if you were to compile Smalltalk, and I don't know anything about the compilation steps for Smalltalk, but if you were to compile it into something that itself interops with C, then I would assume that Dart could interop with that thing that you compiled. But in terms of language to language, uh, I don't I don't think so. I think that's a separate problem.
2: Okay, thank you. Please continue. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, and you also mentioned, of course, that you're working on an app with that's targeting one platform, but you mentioned that if you ever need to, you can take it to others. So I think, I think the things that you mentioned are great, and I'm glad that you came up to share those with us. Let's circle back to, uh, to Hixie leaving the team. We can kind of have a, a block or a segment where we all give our thoughts on that. Uh, when we get there, I will be happy to provide what, what few insights I can. Uh, I haven't been on the team in three years, so I will say that I don't have any inside information but I can talk about some of the politics at Google, maybe. But with that, we have two additional speakers that came up. So first, we'll go to uh, Ramyak, and then we will go to Andrew. So, Ramyak, would you like to share the things about Flutter that you appreciate?
3: Yeah. um, Earlier, I accidentally clicked on request of mic, but since I'm here, so why not? Uh, My journey started with Flutter back in, like, 2019, and I was, like, just starting my college, and wanted to build Android apps. But I, feel, I felt like the barrier to entry with, you know, using Java at that time was pretty high, and also running Android Studio with an Android emulator on my that laptop was pretty hard. That's when I actually found Flutter, and I was experimenting with it, and it was... The documentation, there weren't a lot of, you know... Articles or YouTube channels or whatever, but I felt like the documentation was more than enough to like build anything that I wanted at that time. It's been a while since I have dabbled my way around Flutter, but I felt like that started my programming journey, and it was like an easy transition into it and helped me build up my logic and all of that stuff. I felt like the barrier of entry of Flutter is slow, low, low. And that is
0: not appreciated en- appreciated enough in this uh,
3: Yeah, that's all.
0: Thanks, Ramya. So you pointed out that you were able to get into UI and app development because Flutter lowered the bar. It provided a lot more and better documentation than the alternatives back in 2019. and uh, And probably the APIs were a bit simpler than similar APIs in Android and iOS and things like that. Uh, I would guess that most people would probably also discover that the build system for Dart is so much simpler. When you look at Android, you have Gradle. Now, Gradle isn't terrible, but there's a long history of, of complexity there that really annoyed teams and took days of progress away trying to figure out the Gradle configuration. And then the really, really terrible build system is Xcode for iOS and Mac, where you're just bombarded with panel after panel of uh, security settings and configurations, and you have uh, certificate authorities and certificates and, and uh, provisioning profiles and team identifiers, and on and on and on. And then you just say Flutter create, Flutter run, and somehow all of those details, for the most part, are just handled for you, at least until you get to the point where you need to do a production release. So I also, I felt that the build system was uh, was much simpler and, and better streamlined there as well. Um, so thanks thanks for pointing that out, Ramiak. I appreciate coming up and talking about what you appreciate in Flutter. I'm glad that Flutter gave you an entry point into the industry, and I hope you continue to grow there. Uh, with that, let's go to Andrew. Andrew, uh, what do you appreciate about Flutter?
4: Hey, guys. Uh, first of all, uh, thanks for putting together this uh... Uh, space to talk a little bit about flutter and bring the community together um and uh, yeah when it comes to flutter i i kind of stumbled on it uh sort of by accident a couple years ago uh by watching somebody on twitch uh kind of play around with it back when it was still in uh, i believe alpha or beta release and there wasn't that much adoption and it kind of piqued my interest to dive a little bit deep into it and and learn about it and one of the things that i Uh, kind of witnessed over the years with Flutter that really um, kind of made me fall in love with Flutter and and continue using it for projects is the the developer experience. Um, You know, going back to some of the uh, things folks have mentioned, uh, like the build pipeline and also uh, being able to easily jump in a project using the CLI commands and, and, and have a scaffold built out for you. And um, over the years, also having the web um, interface tooling that allows you to do things like network debugging and um, uh, see the amount of frames that are painted every second and being able to, to really dig deep and debug those those things where, you know, as apps get more complex and you build a lot of widgets, uh, you sort of run into issues that are a little bit harder to debug and can kind of affect performance. So. Um, the debugging tools that the Flutter team has, has developed and uh, published in, in the last like uh, year or two has kind of been uh, tremendous, in my opinion, and has helped me significantly to be able to troubleshoot really difficult bugs that would normally uh, be really hard to uh, find the root cause of. Um, but with those tools, you, you kind of have a, a really good like bird's eye, eye view of how your app is performing under load and also in a in a real world environment um so yeah that's that's one of the things i I really appreciate about flutter the other thing that i want to also highlight that uh was really uh amazing to uh to work with was the uh native channels that flutter provides to be able to talk with you know ios and and android and and uh reach into native uh platforms really easily um you know when you compare this to other Frameworks like React Native, for example, like being able to call uh, uh, an API or a library uh, on a native platform layer is is a lot more trickier and um, more error-prone than than the way Flutter handles it. And, um, you know, that's another uh, area that kind of goes back to the developer experience, you know, how the Flutter team put so much emphasis to make the developer experience really pleasant. And it really shows, like, you know, you can, as soon as you jump into a development environment that you just Flutter, you really can kind of see um, how much effort was put, put into to make that uh, a pleasant experience. So, so yeah, that's kind of all I have to share. Uh, thanks again for, for putting this space together. And uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing what everybody has to say about Flutter. Hey,
1: thanks, Andrew. Uh, I think Ramyak, you were next. Ah, uh, Ramyak, ah, uh, you have the floor.
0: Uh, so we, yeah, Ramyak, if you want to come back, that's fine. But Ray, just so you know, Ramyak spoke, uh, I think before Andrew.
3: Oh, uh, my bad. Rami- <laughs> <laughs> I like, I don't know. If we are talking about Flutter, but like Matt said, we have to give kudos to Dart as well. Like it was, they just there. I saw the documentary. Like the language, the simplicity of the language and the stuff around it. You have the package manager built and running all that stuff. And it's not just great for Flutter, I feel like I've built like scripts or, you know, CLI applications and stuff like that in Dart. And it's like great. I have to say that.
0: That's absolutely true, Ramyak. And I'm glad that you bring that up uh, on both points. So you mentioned the simplicity of the Dart language which I've been a fan of for years. Uh, and of course, not to, not to switch over to the negative side, but one of the things that we were talking about in the last spaces was that I have some very serious concerns about things like metaprogramming and kind of adding more and more complexity to the language because you know, the language is something that binds all developers. Whether you're using Dart with Flutter or Dart on the server or Dart for the CLI, anything that's in the language is now your responsibility to understand and there's also this kind of reality in our industry that anything you can use as a developer a developer will use even if it's totally unnecessary and overly complex and counterproductive and so as as new language features kind of permeate the industry you'll find that no matter which project you open for which purpose all of those language features are being used somewhere so you can't really just understand part of the language, you have to understand the whole thing. And as you pointed out, historically Dart has been a, an extremely simple language in the best possible way. We've been able to do everything that we've done in Flutter and on the server and on the CLI with Dart up to this point. And there may be some areas that are, you know, maybe it's a little more verbose than we'd like or something like that. But look, we got everything done that we set out to do, even with that simple language. And I hope our community continues to appreciate that. Simplicity uh, is a virtue and it is a value. Uh, So thanks for pointing that out. And in terms of CLI usage, yeah, you you might notice that when you run things like Flutter Create on the command line, that is a Dart CLI app. Flutter Create is implemented in Dart and it is built into a binary for your machine. Uh, I don't remember if it builds before you download Flutter or after, but that's written in Dart. So Dart really can be used for all sorts of CLI apps as well. Uh, And so with that, also, Andrew, thanks for coming up and mentioning um, what you appreciate about Flutter. And uh, and we look forward to more kind of comments from the community here. Appreciate that we had three people join us on stage to talk about it. Uh, Would anybody else like to come up and talk about what they appreciate when it comes to Flutter and or Dart? Uh, Roman, uh we just brought you up on stage. Would you like to discuss some things that you appreciate about Flutter?
5: Um, sure, yeah. I. Well, I guess maybe not necessarily
1: focusing on appreciating. Um, I do appreciate it. I do think it's fun. But I did have a question that I think um, would be really cool to get an answer to. Uh, the question is, I like AI. I like language models, large language models. And
5: I would really like a large language model running directly on my mobile phone. Does anybody have any information or knowledge, uh, insider or not, about the plausibility of running like Llama 7B or Mistral 7B, like this pretty massive language model directly on the phone?
0: I will say that I have absolutely no idea, but uh, I'll give everyone a second to see if anybody else in here can help you with
1: that. So I'll uh, jump in directly here, uh, but uh, if someone else can expound on what I mentioned or if they have more info, uh, please press the mic button and come up. So I was listening to the Flutter weekly Q&A that's hosted by uh, Simon um, with uh, uh, Dev Angels London. Um. So they actually had this question as well, and I think Simon mentioned that uh, he was able to get uh the llama with the seven billion parameters running on his phone. Um. So that I don't know if that directly answers your question, but if you uh, uh, the Q and A is recorded, um, and it was around I think uh, forty minutes or so into that Q and A, so your question might have. Uh, been exactly answered by Simon, and I'd reach out to him uh, to see how he did it. That's awesome. Yeah, if you have a link to that, that's awesome, but if not,
0: I'll try to look for it. You said 40 minutes in?
1: Uh, yes, about that. Um, yeah, and I, I will link it to this space.
0: And that's called Hump Day Q&A. It's uh, streamed over on YouTube every Wednesday. I guess it just so happens that we chose the same day to do this uh, space as they used to stream. And it sounds like Ray, you're saying that their stream today covered that about 40 minutes in. Uh, that is correct. Okay, great. Um, so Roman or Roman, apologize for not knowing the pronunciation. I do hope that helps you out and you're able to find something there. If you create something by all means, uh, you know, post a, a link to X and show us what you're working on uh, with that. Nick, would you like to uh, to describe some of the things that you appreciate about Flutter and or Dart? Nick, are you there?
6: Yes. Can you guys hear me still? Yeah, okay, so we can hear cool. you. Um, yeah, I know I was really interested in that question. I know when <clears throat> they Google did their hardware unveiling for what is it, is the pixel 8 now. they were talking about how they have four different versions of the Palm 2 model running. And one specifically that is meant to run on a phone, I guess is a version called gecko but I don't think the company has released anything specifically for people to try it. Yet, but it at least seems like it's something they're thinking about.
0: Sounds good. All right, Nick, thanks for that. Um, one thing to throw out there is, you know, I, I really haven't been keeping a close eye on all the things happening with AI. I mean, as if it's even possible to keep up, it's like they're what, like a thousand Companies or something on Crunchbase that's raising money for AI, uh, but if if there's a desire to build something, let's say similar to a chat GPT, you know, a text-based chat interface, I think that might be an interesting use case for Super Editor, where we've been building a document editing toolkit for Flutter. It's used by uh, companies like Superlist and Clearful and Turtle and Reflection and uh, Bringing Fire. For some very different use cases, and it might be a good choice to build a kind of chat interface that's backed by any one of those LLM systems or GPTs or what have you. So that's something to keep in mind. If If any of you go out there to build something like that, maybe check out Super Editor. And if it seems relevant, then we can also talk about possibly bringing some features to it that would help you accomplish your goals. But that's just a quick aside. Um, So Nick, thanks for coming up and and contributing to the AI topic there. Would anyone else like to come up? We'll say either to talk about things you appreciate or to ask uh, general questions or comments. Uh, We'll give you a few seconds to decide if you want to do that. If not, we can then perhaps jump over to talk about Ian leaving uh, Google and, and why that may have happened and what that might mean.
1: Okay, uh, well, we'll give uh, everyone here the opportunity to come up and speak. Uh, just press the mic button, feel free to interrupt me and you know, put your hands up and I'll see you and uh, hand it over to you. Uh, I just wanna wrap up uh, this conversation uh, by saying that uh, I see a lot of people in this space. I've interacted with um, a few of you and um, some of you are just recently joining Flutter. Um, And what's really incredible to me is seeing everything you're, you know, sharing and the progress you're making. So that's been really wonderful. And it just reminds me that, like, back when we were doing Android development, Android development, it would take you a year, perhaps. I'd say at least a year to two years to be able to build Android apps that you could call somewhat production-ready. Um, apps that really did anything, uh, but with Flutter, many of you here uh, just started—you know, three, four months or less than a year ago—and you're already sharing and you're already uh, leading, leading the way in this community. So that's what I love. Um, it, anyone can start. Anyone can bring their resources to Flutter, um, and there's a place for you here. Uh, so with that, uh, I will, yeah, let's see, uh, anyone else have their hands up? Um, if not, uh, then I'll hand it back to you, Matt, uh, to kick off the next segment.
0: I just uh, brought Rudvik up on the stage. He's uh, he's a member of our team over at the Flutter Bounty Hunters. Let's see, once he connects, if he'd like to jump in. Rutvik, would you like to bring anything up?
5: Uh, yeah, sure, Matt. Yeah. So like uh, one of the things that I really like about Flutter and I appreciate is uh, how it's pushing the boundaries of like uh, creative experiences that you can build with Flutter and how easy how easy it is uh, making it for like uh, an average developer to do so. Because when I started with Flutter, like uh, I had this uh, fond of like working with animation, like creating this uh, digital experiences that wow everyone. And Flutter just made it like uh, really easy to like uh, get started when uh, building such UIs or digital experiences that explore just not the traditional way you build UI, uh, but also allow you to like add different flavors of animations or like customization as per your need to like uh, really make it come alive. And uh, that's been like uh, really improving like in the recent last years. Like uh, we got support for shadows, like uh, animation API that has been improving that are like pushing what you can like uh, build with flutter and like uh, put on the screen basically uh, with like different rendering solutions to offer like custom painter is a great way to start but uh when when they uh, when they don't like uh, suffice to be uh, work for what you build uh, you can move like uh, building things with uh, render objects and so on so like uh, this pixel level control for creating animations or UI, uh, I don't think uh, that has been like uh, possible with any other frameworks, like really getting this granular control over what you are displaying on the screen.
0: Thanks, Rajvik. So you mentioned that uh, Flutter provides kind of complete control over what appears on the screen. And that's, that's true. And you can start with a custom painter just to go directly into painting and then if you want to bring in gesture gestures or to have children in what you're building, you can create custom render objects. And Flutter is now Flutter now supports a certain level of custom shaders. Flutter has also introduced Impeller, which, in theory, uh, as we move forward, will provide Flutter developers with most, if not full, pipeline configuration, meaning vertex shaders in addition to fragment shaders. And really open those doors as well. Uh, in the past, I've actually compared Flutter to Flash, because back in the day, uh, despite the kind of security issues with Flash, and despite how slow Flash ran uh, on some machines, when you opened Flash to build a Flash website, you literally were looking at something called a canvas, it was just a white rectangle, and you could draw any shapes on there you wanted. You could. Uh, you could create keyframed animations with uh, tween curves. Have, you have you had full and complete control over what was displayed on a website, as compared to the traditional HTML and CSS and JavaScript, where every day websites were websites like CSS hacks were telling you how to use some aspect of CSS and JavaScript to do something it was never intended to do. Because those technologies were, they controlled everything in the the browser and they were so limiting. And so Flash was this opportunity to escape those limitations and do whatever you wanted with that canvas. And I, I feel that Flutter has done that for all platforms now. You can escape all of those platform APIs. You can paint whatever pixels you want on any rectangle of any size. And you are free to be as creative as you'd like. Uh, So thanks for bringing that up, Rudvik. Appreciate it. And are there any other uh, comments about what people appreciate in Flutter or Dart before we uh, move on to the next topic?
2: Uh, I would like to bring up one topic about the extensions. So I really appreciate the Dart extensions. It helps a lot when uh, needed, but Matt, if you remember, uh, there was this uh, topic uh, posted by someone who was saying that the class uh, members needs to be as small as possible, and everything else should be extension. And you were very opposed to that. So, do you think you can like uh, share a little bit more about that?
0: Sure. Um... There, I guess there are a few different dimensions where, where you can look at that. So first, I, I mentioned before that developers will not only use, but they will abuse any language feature that is introduced. That just seems to be the state of existence of programming. And unfortunately, not only will they tend to do that in their personal projects, but they'll tend to do that while being paid by their employer to build something for production. Now, in my personal opinion, I think that's professionally irresponsible. Um, If I saw a member of a team doing that, I would take issue with it, but a lot of people think it's totally appropriate and it happens all the time. So recognizing that, it's worth asking, what are people doing with certain language features and why? Last week, just as a quick aside, I mentioned that I had seen a post about combining records with extension methods. So records hold data extension methods hold behavior extension methods on records creates public behavior on public data. And I said, what's another word for that? It's called class. an object. <laughs> oh, right. right. It, uh, depend, yeah. At, at compile time, it's a class at runtime, it's an object. And so I said, I said, why in the world would you want an anemic reimplementation of classes and objects? Because there's already a rich language history there. Now, we could go down a rabbit hole and we could argue about the merits of classes, because in the world of object-oriented programming, there are decades of arguments as to whether classes are even really object-oriented, or whether you want something like a what's known as prototypical inheritance, which is what JavaScript actually uses. And I don't mean TypeScript, which brought quasi-classes. I mean actual JavaScript. There is this concept of prototypes in JavaScript where if you want to give behaviors to an object, you essentially clone an existing object at runtime and add behaviors to it. There are a lot of people much smarter than me who have made the argument that that is the only way to really achieve object orientation in a programming language and that classes don't do that. But let's stick to to the question at hand about Dart. Dart has classes, and therefore, if what you want is a combination of data combined with behavior on that data, the language tool that you have is a class. And when you choose to use classes, you gain access to the concept of interfaces, abstract classes, mix-ins, and subclassing. None of those apply, as far as I'm aware, to a combination of records and extension methods. And that issue is not merely limited to combining records with extension methods. Any place that you use an extension method exists outside the type hierarchy. So when you choose to use extension methods, you are limiting any capacity that you will ever have to use subclassing, method overriding, mix-ins, or creating abstract classes. On, so on the one hand, I acknowledge, I acknowledge that there are places and times where we use other people's code, which does not include a behavior that we wish it did, and extension methods give us a tool to add that behavior. For example, uh, the Flutter Bounty Hunters, I mentioned that, I mentioned that kind of at each of our calls that I run a team called the Flutter Bounty Hunters. We work exclusively on open source packages for Flutter and Dart. Rudvik here is a member of my team. Uh, we have a package called flutter test robots. And in that package, we have defined numerous extension methods on flutter's widget tester. Now, why have we done that? We've done that primarily because we don't own widget tester. That's a core uh, structure in the flutter framework for testing flutter code. We're not going to try to go add a bunch of methods to that. First, it would take forever to get those approved by the Flutter team. And second, not all of those methods are truly universally useful or applicable. And so it would be somewhat inappropriate for us to add those API surfaces to the framework that everybody uses. Instead, we created our own package and we added a bunch of extension methods in our package, which allow us to easily run behaviors on Widget Tester without constantly re-implementing those behaviors in every other project that we have. That's an example of where I think extension methods make some sense. But the idea that one is going to throw out or minimize the use of classes, or they're going to stop carefully engineering class APIs because, hey, we can just add extension methods later, I think that's a road to disaster. And it might not be obvious that it's a disaster in the first week or the first month, but wait until you've accumulated a year of that decision-making. And I I would bet money that the developer who did that would regret it. So does that answer the question? Does that cover the basis?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I very much uh, in agreement with you.
0: Okay, great. Um, So with that, would anyone else like to come up and ask any questions or or provide any commentary? I'll give you all a few seconds to request to speak. If no one requests to speak, then we'll move on to the next existing topic, which is to look at the situation with Ian uh, leaving Google, which I think we can discuss in some similar vein to Tim and Eric leaving Google as well. Okay, I don't see anybody requesting to speak. If at any time you'd like to come up and speak, just hit that, that mic button, request to come up, we'll bring you up. But with that, let's, uh, let's jump over to this news today that we learned that the person who has been the tech lead for Flutter for pretty much the entire history of Flutter, uh, Ian Hickson, otherwise known as Hixie, has left Google. Though he intends to continue contributing in some fashion to Flutter and the Flutter community, first, what does it mean for him to be the tech lead? What, you know, was he some prolific contributor? Was he the one kind of monkeying around in the engine, making all sorts of crazy things happen? No, that's not that's not really what tech lead means at the level of of big tech. Ian set policy. He set. Uh, practices, and and to a certain extent, vision. Everybody working on the framework and the engine was expected to operate in the way that Ian's guidance promoted. If, for example, you open up the the Flutter repository on GitHub and you go over to the wiki, you will find numerous articles written about uh, how the team operates and why, principles to live by, Uh, Practices to follow. A lot of that was written by Ian and upheld by Ian. Ian would come through various pull requests to, he might be asked to come in and look at any given kind of API judgment or trade off. He wrote many uh, proposal documents for what Flutter might do or where it should go. He commented, reviewed, and commented on many more documents engineering documents written by the team Uh, I think he led uh, triage meetings when doing kind of like a weekly review of the backlog to see what was a high priority what was a low priority Ian led I think has led the drafting of the project roadmap the annual roadmap in fact he said that even though he left the team he will be drafting a roadmap for Flutter in 2024 in consultation with the team. So that's what it means to be the tech lead of Flutter. It's it's high level stuff, very little coding, but heavy on policy and practices. Now I think there have been aspects of, uh, of Flutter's policies and practices that have been very good. I also think that there has been plenty to criticize. And I'll admit that even I couldn't tell you exactly where the line is drawn between Ian's work in that area versus other people's work. I think early on flutter, you know, flutter had this concept of embracing the yak shave, which essentially means identify and solve the root problem. Don't go around putting band-aids on things because invariably it eventually makes things worse. Go find the root problem, the, the, the true scope of the problem go solve it once, and then you never have to solve it again. Uh, I think that was a great principle to live by. And I think earlier in Flutter's life, most people did live by that. I will say that in recent years, I feel that the Flutter team has fallen immensely short of that principle. Many Band-Aids are applied on a regular basis, and they do, in fact, make things worse. So it's uh, I've it's unfortunate, I think, to see that principle fade into the background. There was also early on a principle that said, discover what users are trying to do and that will lead the project. I think we've lost that as well. So on the one hand, in the early days, I think, I think we can thank Ian for bringing the Embrace the Akshay viewpoint and bringing and enforcing the follow the user principle as well. In recent years we've kind of lost both of those on the user side uh, in my personal opinion the the flutter roadmap and the flutter team's actions have largely ignored us in the community to be honest and it's hard to say why that's happening Uh, we know that in, in recent times there have been layoffs at google including the flutter team We know that Flutter has been moved from one organization within Google to another. Uh, Flutter used to be under the department that included uh, Fuchsia. And then more recently, Flutter was moved to a different department, which means they need to hit different metrics and support different goals. So a lot of things, and also, you know, Flutter, first and foremost, actually has to support other teams within Google. Other teams in Google use Flutter, and they make requests for features, and those become the top priority. For obvious reasons, Google's paying the bills, so Google teams get, get kind of first dibs on what's built. Nonetheless, I feel that there have been so many areas where people have tried to use Flutter in ways that Flutter really wasn't facilitating, And Flutter continued really to ignore those and to ignore the people talking about it, ignore issues that were filed. Again, I don't know where exactly that blame lies, only that at the end of the day, there's kind of one person who's capable of doing something about that, and that's the person who operates as the tech lead because that is kind of like the buck stops with the tech lead. In terms of what it means that Ian has left, Frankly, none of us know. It's possible that the next person to pick up that responsibility will double and triple down on some of those good early principles and practices that Ian introduced. It's also possible that the next person comes in, doesn't share Ian's view of the world, and starts reversing course on a lot of that, which I think would be very harmful and counterproductive. Only time will tell which of those things happen. But I think it's probably also worth reminding everyone that in recent history, Tim Sneath left and was replaced by Michael Thompson, who previously was focused on Dart, but now has that kind of overarching uh, responsibility across Flutter and Dart that Tim used to have. Eric Seidel left and was replaced by my old manager, Todd Volkert. Um, And so in terms of not overreacting to the change, it's worth asking, has Flutter changed a lot since Eric and Tim left? Is it a completely different environment? Have we seen a lot of things get worse? My, in my estimation, the answer is no. That largely, things have continued as they did despite those two major changes. Now we have a third change. It's possible that once again, it doesn't look much different to us. But those are kind of my initial views and thoughts so let me open it up to everyone. Again, if you'd like to to opine, just press the mic button, request to speak, and we'll bring you up. But I see that we do still have Rudvik Ray and Andrew on stage. Would any of you like to add your thoughts to that topic?
1: Hey, Matt, uh, thanks for that background information. Uh, I have a question. Can you uh, help us help me understand the relationship between uh, the tech lead, uh, so uh, Ian Hicksy, and then um, the previous uh, product manager of Flutter, uh, Tim Sneath, and also uh, Chris Sells and Eric Seidel? Uh, so, what are the relationship between those positions?
0: I don't know a lot about how they interacted. Uh, I'm sure all of them were in a lot of meetings on a regular basis to discuss uh, tactics and strategy and roadmap and things like that. But uh, Tim Sneath essentially had visibility and some level of authority over both Flutter and Dart. He, As far as I understand it, his position is where those two organizations came together. Uh, Eric Seidel, I think you could look at him as as the head you know, formerly it was Eric Seidel, now it's Todd Volker. I think you can look at that as being the head of all things Flutter. And of course, Flutter isn't just technical practices, right? And that, that's where tech lead isn't at all the way at the top there, because there are many other things related to the Flutter organization that need to be dealt with. And so I think that's what Eric did previously. That's what Todd does now. The tech lead, as the name implies, is focused on the technical practices and the technical health of the, the tooling. Uh, and then you mentioned um, I'm sorry, what was the fourth name? Uh, Chris Sells. Chris Sells. So I I believe I believe that well, there's some there's a division between the engineering efforts related to Flutter and the developer relations efforts for Flutter. And then there's kind of also this middle ground, which I think is called, I think he was technically a program manager, although I might be getting that mixed up with my roles from my Nest days. There are a lot of these terms that that are slightly different across organizations, and it's hard to keep track of what's what. If I remember correctly, I think that that Chris Sell's focus was Here's kind of the timeline to get things built. Here are things that depend on other things. And here are announcements that depend on those things that depend on other things. And how do we get those things lined up and, and released and announced? Now, that might be totally wrong. So if Chris Sells would ever like to correct me on that, he's welcome to do so. But I, I believe he was a program manager with that kind of responsibility. So, you know, lots of people doing lots of things there. Again, I can't say with any specificity when those people actually sat down together and what they talked about, but that's a broad description of each of those roles.
1: Yeah, Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Chris was the one that uh, he reached out often uh, to me and also to um, other companies, I believe, um, for you know, uh, inclusion into their Flutter presentation, um, you know, to uh, understand what we were building using Flutter. Um, And since he's left, um, and Tim was there doing that as well. So that was really incredible that Tim would reach out. um, He, you know, asked for updates and see, you know, how things were going. Uh, But with (laughs) Chris and Tim gone, uh, I I haven't um, had any contact with uh, the Flutter team uh, I haven't had too much contact with their replacements yet, um, which is a bit, uh, I guess, different um, and maybe a little bit scary as well. Um, so with Ian leaving, I, I've previously said this before. I think I've said this in like one of our first spaces. Uh, like Tim leaving, um, Chris leaving, that was all really, really uh, unfortunate. But I wasn't too worried about Flutter. Um, They were like warning flags. And I said that if Ian was leaving Flutter, that would be a red flag. And now we do have Ian leaving Flutter. So I am a lot more worried than I was before. But what is also, uh, I'm also a bit less worried as well because uh, we have these spaces now to discuss these things, uh, to uh, really. You know, express perhaps uh, our thoughts and see how everyone else is thinking as well. Um, so I'm really uh, thankful that we have these spaces here where, you know, otherwise it'd be a red flag. There'd be <laughs> weeks and weeks of silence, like what we saw last time um, with Eric Seidel leaving. Uh, just, you know, weeks and weeks of silence, like n- no news, no explanation, no announcements. And, uh, I- I'm glad we're able to just you know <laughs> be here together and uh, see see what this means for Flutter.
0: That's right. So, would anybody else like to jump in with uh, with thoughts on that topic? Any combination of kind of top Flutter leadership leaving does it. Does it matter to you? Are you worried? Are you? Do you feel safe with the people that have come in to replace them? Any thoughts? Go ahead and request to speak. I guess while some of you decide if you'd like to speak, I'll, I'll mention one thing that I've talked about with some people for years, but we really haven't made a move on it, which is the idea of a, uh, a Flutter foundation, let's call it, a, a, commun- a, a community-established organization which maintains the capabilities necessary to maintain and extend Flutter into the future. And that's not because I'm afraid that Google is going to get rid of Flutter. But because when we are uncertain or lack confidence in the decision making of the people who work for Google, who control Flutter, it would be good if the community had kind of had leverage with which to let Google know we're unhappy with the direction here. And if you make us, if you really force this issue, we will fork Flutter. And we will have a a true community project by the community for the community. Now, I haven't seen any, any particular actions within Google rise to the level of needing to fork flutter. But I think it would be nice if we knew we had the organizational structure in the community to do it if we had to. And I think that even having the threat of that ability creates more of an even playing field outside of Google when we say that actually we really these things really do matter out here yes we're thousands of individuals so none of us individually have enough support to push for anything but you the flutter organization within google are preventing us from doing things that we need to do and so we're we're going to apply some pressure through this organization we've now seen again the top 3 people leave we do have a certain level of history of a growing lack of uh, attention to things that the community is facing. Those things can be corrected, but the question is, what, what power do we have in the community to make that happen? And I think that uh, the concept of a flutter foundation is something that might be useful in that regard, but I welcome many views on that topic.
2: i think oh,
3: the I idea some...
2: I, oh, go ahead. I think the idea is really great but uh like um if we compare this with react uh facebook is like um in control of react but i i believe uh, spotify is doing a lot with react right now and uh, uh, i think a lot of people like saying that they should just fork react and take it over but they're still not doing it maybe they'll do it at some point and um, those are two very big companies, and um, Shopify is—I st- I, mean—is it Shopify or Spotify? Who's like, uh, like doing a lot of React? I'm, know,
0: I'm not sure. Uh,
2: Who uh, uh, is behind Remix? A modules
1: is behind Remix. Uh, I thought that was what uh, we uh, uh, that was what Matt you um, actually told me. Uh, modules and, and um, what was that prototyping tool? Uh, Envision they were behind Remix. Uh,
0: if I said anything about that, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I don't. I don't think I'm aware of those technologies uh, at all. Maybe it, it,
2: it's not coming into my mind right now, but. Uh... This, like one big company is like doing a lot outside of Facebook with React, and a lot of people say that hey, you should just take over the face uh, the React project because some of the Re- React project leads actually joined that company, and they're still not doing it because it requires a lot of resources. So when you say Matt that we should be like have having that threat again outside of Google is very good. Yes, I agree with you, but at the same time, I believe. Uh, Having something like that requires a lot of resources that we probably don't have. And even if we, like, everybody, like, put their head together, then it will still, like, uh, come up short.
0: But it absolutely requires a lot of resources. It requires the same amount of resources that Google is currently deploying today. But one big difference between what I'm describing and I think what you're talking about in the world of React or React Native, is that I'm not suggesting we replace one corporate power structure with another. I'm talking about a true community organization. Now it is still an organization of some type, but it's comprised of community members, individuals, members from lots of different companies. Lots of companies could help provide funding for it as needed. But let's you know, let's not like forking is kind of the uh, that's kind of the nuclear option. That's kind of the worst it could possibly get. Even to get there, though requires collecting sufficient expertise to even have that capacity. And right now, we don't have that. Right now, our community is really just spread across all these companies all around the world, and there isn't really much that brings us together. There are some conferences that people show up to. There are some little spaces like this. But there's no organizing factor that binds us together and helps to align our goals. And that means that we end up being hundreds of thousands, it's kind of like herding cats. We're hundreds of thousands of little cats running around doing our own thing. And we're all asking this singular corporate interest called Google to please do what we want. That's a very difficult, in that position, you're never gonna have leverage. And so you just have to hope and pray that Google does what you want. And I guess what I'm suggesting is any kind of road, any kind of path which begins to unify the Flutter community in a way that we have some, we have a coherent view of what the community needs and we have some kind of leverage with which either to ask the Flutter organization in Google to do what the community needs or to do it ourselves. And I'll say even if what that means is that this foundation itself does a lot of contributions to the Flutter framework that Google owns, that's fine too. But I I worry that we are in this herding cats situation right now, and we have been for years, and so there's a real asymmetry between the Google corporate organization and all the rest of us.
2: Oh, I want to jump... Yeah, please go
1: ahead. Okay, I want to jump in and answer your question, Raystat, when you mentioned Remix. So uh, I thought Matt told me this, and Matt did tell me this, but it was another Matt. (laughs) So I I got confused. Um, It was another Matt that explained to me the history of Remix. Um, So uh, Remix, is they actually built a competitor to Codelessly. So I'm... uh, I, I'm the CEO of Codelessly. Um, Codelessly is a Flutter um, app and website builder uh, built for developers. And they actually built a competitor, so uh, I know a little bit about what's going on there. Um, so Remix is now really, really popular. They're open source. But the Remix team, they originally came from um, Envision. So if you know Envision, they were the number one uh the prototyping tool back in uh, 2016, um, 2015, uh, all the way up until uh, Figma overtook them um, in like 2019 or something. Uh, so, from that time, a lot of the engineers they created, they went off and created a remix. Um, so, it, the company, the investors um, is still in Vision, uh, but in Vision, it's like a sinking ship. So, uh, they essentially jumped ship Um, so they jumped ship they made their own react libraries their react uh ui uh, components because in the react world if you don't know uh, whenever you start a react project you have to make your own components or you have to use component library so there is a built-in demand for that we talked about this i think on our uh, maybe third or fourth space Um, in the react world there is a hard demand for UI libraries, because UI libraries aren't built into the framework itself. Um, so they went and built that, and then they also went and built something called Modules. So it's a, a UI builder for uh, their Remix components, essentially. And it was really, really, really good. Um, and it was really, really scary as well for me you know, as a competitor. Uh, but somehow, for some reason, they never publicly released it. Um, and then they shut that down. And then uh, that company turned into something called WorkOS. Uh, so a plug-and-play enterprise uh, sign-in solution. Uh, I don't know how you go from a UI editor to a plug-and-play sign-in solution for enterprise companies. But that was just, I guess, they talked to all these enterprise customers and that's what they needed. So uh, that's maybe, sort of the journey.
2: Maybe... maybe. Just like you said, that uh, a different Matt told you, maybe we are talking about different remix. <laughs> I, I shared a link uh, uh, remixing Shopify. Can you see? In,
1: in, 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 uh, yeah. Remix.run. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. This, this is a different remix I was talking about. It, it's a full, uh, full stack framework uh, uh, based on Node.js and React. And they, I believe they started independently or something like that. But uh, later on, they joined Shopify. And uh, like any good React project nowadays is start with this. They don't, they don't use vanilla React or other stuff anymore. So Remix has been like, a, it's kind of like taking over React, even though it uses React. So a lot of people like want uh, Shopify to like uh, just uh, take over React from uh, Facebook now. But Shopify is not doing that
1: yet. That's what I was mentioning. Uh, yeah, so this is yeah, this is the Remix that I was talking about as well. Um, so that's the sort of the history behind um, Remix. Um, and I, I didn't know that they were now in talks with Shopify and that they partner with Shopify. So that's interesting for sure. Uh, but, okay, so uh, that's, I guess, sort of uh, my understanding of the history of that. Um, and what i'm trying to do on my end in regards to like with flutter is we we do have we do have a template we know what we've seen what works in other communities Uh, so let's say the php community Uh, what happened there well laravel is really taking off right now and i mike i i just i you're in here i saw you post the tweet laravel uh they released Um, Their new dashboards that let you set up, uh, you know, teams and auth. Uh, So that's just really successful example. Um, They're really Laravel is really stepping into the role of being uh, the provider or, you know, the Flutter, uh, the Google for PHP, Um, and then in uh, in the React world. uh, So. I don't know if the React world... uh, I've talked about this with some people, but I I feel so much strongly that the React world, it doesn't really exist so much anymore in in terms of pure React. Um, It's more uh, a Next.js world. It's more a Vercel world now. So in the React TypeScript world, you now have Vercel. So that's the example here. Uh, It takes a company... A company built over, you know, a few years or so. Um, it takes uh, at least, you know, 10 million in annual reoccurring revenue, 10 million ARR to have, I guess, the funding to be able to uh, lead some of the, these efforts. But you have that example of uh, Laravel, you have that example of Vercel, and they are pushing these technologies forward and they're really really heavily promoting these technologies um laravel is really interesting a really interesting case study perhaps we can learn a lot of lessons from because they started for as just another php framework so to get to where they are today has been absolutely incredible and watching how, what they've done just this year has been really illustrative because they've essentially like whether they intended for themselves to be or not. Uh, but now they are the forebearers or, uh, they're leading the charge for PHP. PHP was very, very much stuck in, uh, the 2010s. And you see a lot of backends, a lot of projects, you know, moving away from PHP. So, but now they're bringing attention back to php um and they're pointing out hey react server components we've been doing this forever <laughs> with php you don't have to invent a new thing um and to do that they had to become you know a company and they had to like promote php and laravel nonstop so it's really there's there's a lot of lessons here And how they were able to uh, collect, essentially, uh, the scattering PHP community. Because the PHP community, it was pretty much, um, it was dying. It was like, go on its way out. Um, I I used to do uh, PHP development in the back end. And you could get the sense, like, just a few years ago that, okay, everyone's moving on from PHP. But just this year they've really turned things around um and now (laughs) it's looking like a viable back-end solution again so what they've done is they had to become you know a company they had to become an organization and they had to dedicate you know lots and lots of resources and money to promote their technology and the same, I think it needs to be. It needs to be the same with Flutter, where if we have this organization, um, you have to have a company that can just pour money into marketing, that can pour money into branding, and create jobs and bring people into the ecosystem. So Google, they're doing that right now, um, and what I'm trying to think about is how we can help them. How we can, you know, on our end, you know, the little bit that we can do, uh, maybe we can increase, you know, visibility somewhat. Um, but to make this foundation, uh, we, we got to get there's there's got to be a funding source um, is what uh, my lesson has been. Uh, yeah, I really want to uh, get your thoughts here, um, Matt and anyone else's in terms of uh there is something missing, for sure. And we also don't have a lot of power. So what, what are the next steps or uh, what are the thoughts here?
0: We definitely... The concept of, the, of a Flutter Foundation would absolutely need funding sources. And not one, but many. Because again, the point there is you don't want too much influence to rest with any one uh, corporate power and to be clear about why i'm identifying corporate power is not because i have any issues with companies and corporations and any of that it's that any one given company has a particular set of products services and customers they will always have their own kind of needs that will be different than many other companies and so if if you have one or two funding sources you are you have to do whatever they say because you can't afford to lose them I think a foundation requires a broad portfolio of funding sources so that it's possible to say no we're not going to do that because we have visibility across the community and that would harm the broader community and if you decide to pull your funding because of that that's going to suck but so be it we will survive and we have many other funding sources but of course funding needs to be a part of it because I mean I'm you know at, th- at this point I'm kind of like a broken record when it comes to paying developers I started the Flutter Bounty Hunters because even open source development deserves compensation. People who are doing really great work deserve to be paid for it. That's no different with the Flutter Foundation. But a Flutter Foundation might have more work that is provided on a charity basis. There might be graphic designers, for example, who will put out any amount of marketing material just to help the cause. Uh, It's possible that someone like Ian could come along And organize the technical efforts and do that, you know, on a charity basis. But in terms of high volume, regular development, absolutely, those developers need to get paid. And they need to get paid reasonable market rates. That's part of the challenge of creating such a foundation is finding enough companies and convincing them it's in their interest to financially support that foundation. And would anyone else like to come up on stage? You can ask questions, you can provide comments, you can introduce new topics. This is a space for all of us, anything Flutter and Dart. So just hit the mic button, request to come up, and you can speak about whatever you'd like I think if we don't have any other topics that people would like to discuss, we can start winding this down. We've been going for about an hour and a half, uh, so this is let's start the process of last call. So any of you that think you want to say something, let's get you in here and let's have you say it uh, before we before we start winding down. And as of that, it looks like uh, Frey. We just brought you up on stage, and after that, Rudvik, if you still want to speak, you can jump in after Frey. All right, sure, man. Yeah. All right. I, I, uh, I just jumped in. Uh, I didn't
6: follow the previous conversation that much. So I'd like to address uh, a new topic, uh, something that uh, Ray and I tweeted about uh, during the past week. Um, and I, I saw he was doing the Thanks Flutter uh, I don't know if you've discussed those uh, specifically, but one of the things that I just would like to say is like I've noticed in Flutter that the positivity that we have within this community has such a great influence on developers, but also on teams. And I'd like to hear uh, other people's thoughts on that if it hasn't been discussed earlier tonight as yet uh, as well.
0: We actually spent probably most of the first hour uh, bringing people on stage to talk about the things they appreciate in flutter and dart. So we have covered that quite a bit and, uh, and this is being recorded. So anybody's welcome to go back and listen to those. Uh, I think talking about the positivity in the flutter community, I I will say to me, it's, it's a double-edged sword. I do want people to be positive and appreciative of work, uh, of value that's provided to them. And I'm, so I'm, I support that and I'm a fan of that. I do, however, think that there is, you can get to a point where you essentially have toxic positivity. And that's a situation in which the slightest bit of critique is perceived as rank negativity, trolling, and you're kind of, you're kind of pushed out of the polite conversation because how dare you say anything negative. And I do think Flutter has suffered that for a long time. Uh, we need to be able to critique things. Now, today isn't really that day because today we said, hey, let's let's come and talk about what we're thankful for. And I think we've done a good job of that. We spent the better part of an hour doing it. But just to the topic of immense positivity, we need to be able to have grown up conversations about things that aren't working and especially things that seem to be getting worse. Now, that doesn't mean there's no such thing as trolling. and It doesn't mean there's no such thing as trolling in our community. Certainly, we have it. But we need to be adult enough to be able to differentiate between someone who's just trying to get engagement on social media any way possible, so they say really ridiculous things that, that aren't constructive, versus someone who comes in and says, look, this is a problem, this is why it's a problem, and I sure wish that it was solved. The second a uh, concern that i have about the kind of constant and perpetual positivity is that it has coincided with a very milk toast marketing campaign from flutter itself that flutter is afraid to critique competitors and flutter is afraid uh, to really push itself as a superior version of anything they just want to read a list of features and then, and then applaud themselves, and that constitutes a Flutter announcement, a Flutter conference. That was okay early on, because Flutter, frankly, had nothing that could be considered a competitor. But today, we are facing Swift UI and Jetpack Compose and Kotlin Multiplatform and .NET MAUI and a number of other things. Now, still, none of those are a universal UI toolkit. Flutter still has a lot that it does that those don't. But Flutter doesn't talk a lot about that contrast. Whereas, somewhat ironically, Tim Sneath, who had visibility over all of Flutter and Dart, and he was the face and the voice of that kind of milquetoast marketing, he went across the street to Apple and almost immediately started tweeting direct comparisons of Flutter to Swift UI, and kind of, kind of shitting on Flutter, if we're honest. So now that. Obviously, that's contentious behavior, but look at how quickly that behavior changed. He just went to the comp- the competing company with the primary competing tool, and then he was more than happy to say, look how great Swift UI is, and look how terrible that part of Flutter is. I think we've got to start living in the world that actually exists, and that means competitors, and that means being willing to stand up and take somewhat uh, contentious stances to say, look at what Flutter gives you that these other things don't. Now, that doesn't, that's not necessarily the same thing as negativity. But my point is that because we exist in this super positivity bubble, I think the Flutter organization and others have been afraid to really stand up and say, Flutter does give you more value than X, Y, and Z, and here's why. So, so two things true at the same time. I agree there's a lot of positivity, and most of that is great. There are also some side effects from that constant positivity that i think brings us into toxic positivity territory but having said that Frey, would you like to do any follow-up and if not then rutvik if you wanted to jump in and say something you can as well but Frey, first to you uh
6: thanks yeah those are really uh interesting insights um i haven't looked at it from that point of view but i completely understand it as well I won't dive deeper into it myself if all of these topics have been discussed earlier um, let's continue on to, to something else
0: well I think but, you know, uh, if there's if there's anything relate like if there's anything you appreciate in flutter and dart I think by all means jump in and let us know what that is you can we've, we've opened it up to anybody who's wanted to talk about that uh, and then maybe after you've, you've mentioned those details on your end we can continue to Rutfik and then after Rutfik we can go to Ray.
6: um yeah uh th- this was actually the the main point um i think at the moment at the top of my head i i, I cannot come off uh anything um so let's just continue uh with uh Rufik.
0: okay thanks for Rudvik, was there anything that you wanted to mention Uh. yeah man. i'm like uh
5: just this interesting thing like uh on the Flutter repo, like uh, it seems uh, like I shared it in the comment. Uh, this seems like an early uh, stage work on like bring, bringing 3D APIs to Flutter directly. So like uh, in the issue that I uh, shared in the uh, comment, like it seems like uh, they are just like rendering a simple triangle. Like uh, doesn't seem much, but uh, it feels like uh, this 3D APIs are really coming soon to Flutter. Like uh, the PR itself, like it seems to be using the Flutter GPU package. Uh, which is supposed to be providing this low level GPU APIs like APIs to uh, work directly with the uh, GPU uh, for like any
0: three d or two d graphing. And yeah, that's it. okay, thanks, Rutvik, for for bringing attention to some of the three d work. We'll see where it goes. it's uh, it's not clear what the destination is there, but what i've what I've been saying for years is that, If Flutter is going to be a user interface toolkit, that's pretty heavily related to pixels. And so if your job is going to include pixels, then you really need to include the the low-level affordances to do what the GPU does, because the GPU is critical to pixels these days. Fragment shaders, vertex shaders, there's a pipeline in there that lots of apps depend upon. And if Flutter doesn't provide access to that, then Flutter is greatly limiting its, its capacity as a UI toolkit. And so I've been happy to see that at least some work has been done to expose that pipeline, to give you control of it. I hope it continues. Uh, and it's, it's good to see that you know, the, the fact, I don't necessarily care about 3D, but if 3D is accessible, then it likely means that, for example, vertex shaders are supported and who knows the number of ways that people might use Vertex shaders. So I think it's, it's good on that front. Uh, to, thanks, Rutvik. Ray, did you want to jump in with a follow-up?
1: Hi, yes. Uh, I wanted to respond to Frey about the toxic positivity. Um, and then after that, we also have a question in our chat um, that was asked out an hour ago. Um, and th- Uh, Rutvik, your three D tweet, Uh, Matt, if you want to put it in the tweet box, or um, our listeners can also click on uh, the comment icon in the bottom left, uh, bottom right hand corner, and see it. So uh, first, to respond to uh, Frey, uh, and it looks like Frey uh, dropped off, unfortunately. Uh, But uh, yeah, uh, maybe we can bring you up back if we, um, if you have some thoughts to share. Um, I don't think there's something there's anything uh there's any positivity that goes too far into uh, the toxic positivity realm uh personally i lived my life uh super positive and you know trying to be as positive as i can um and i really don't think there's like a realm of when it's too much positivity uh, i do understand the definition of toxic positivity Uh, Which is that uh, there's you you feel compelled um, by peer pressure uh, to be positive, um, even if you have criticisms. And anytime there are criticisms, uh, those are attacked. You see that in a lot of other communities. I don't think we have all of we have that in Flutter. A lot of the trending tweets, a lot of the most followed Flutter uh, people they criticize flutter a lot and part of what why i created you know started these spaces is because there's so much criticism of flutter and a lot of it is unfair um a lot of it needs to be pushed back on um so I, if anything i want there to be perhaps more toxic positivity Where you can't, you know, criticize Flutter and get, you know, dozens and dozens of and thousands of views, like by you know trashing Flutter. That's that's just not good for Flutter and our community. Um, But you have that. You have that happening. Um, Of course, I don't. I I don't believe in uh, censoring anyone. I don't believe in you know shutting off like any opposing viewpoints. Um, and I think that's what's really great about Flutter. That's why I'm in this community, because we can criticize. If you try to criticize TypeScript, you, you get attacked <laughs> and you get blacklisted. I mean, that's just what happens. Um, you, you try to criticize Vercel and Next.js. It's extremely vicious, even though there's it's very obvious, you know, Vercel and xjs they push a lot of things that are, for it, are to make them more money. I mean, but just saying that, it's, you know, uh, quite controversial and you do get attacked. Uh, but here in this Flutter community, um, I haven't really seen that. And in fact, what we need is more positive tweets. Uh, I think two weeks ago, uh, two weeks ago, I was really struggling because I was looking through the, the tweets about Flutter. And there were just like less than five tweets about Flutter in an entire week, <laughs> and not all of them were positive. And now this week, we have over four thousand tweets about Flutter. So, uh, I think I think we're moving in the right direction. But that's that's my take on it. Um, we need more positivity while also being open to criticism. Um, <laughs> There is also an interesting aspect of this with the Flutter team. So, the Flutter team—they can't even say that Flutter is the best way to build apps for Android. <laughs> so I don't know, like what what uh, I've thought about this a bit, and based on my discussions with you, Matt, and everyone here, I, I sort of feel like the Flutter team—they aren't the ones really limiting. Uh, the discussion and limiting the promotion it's something above them something that might have been hinted to at by ian because organizationally if like you never like just trying to get tim trying to get tim to say that flutter is the best way to build apps for web that was hard that was really hard and he wouldn't say that so I, I I tweeted at Tim and asked him, hey, can you say that you know Flutter is the best way to build apps for web? Um, and he wouldn't go as far to say that. He would just say that Flutter is the best way to build a multi-platform app. <laughs> so you, we're in a really uh, sticky or tricky situation maybe organizationally or politically um, they have to, the flutter team has to navigate this as well where they can't say that flutter is the best they can't say flutter is the best for android they can't say flutter is the best for ios because maybe if they did then uh, apple you know would block flutter ios apps um, they can't say flutter is the best for web and they can't say you know flutter is the best for windows or desktop so that they can't say that, but I'm trying to uh, I, and I need your help here. I'm trying to make it so where we can start saying that because right now we're also in a tricky situation because of this uh I guess politics. If I go out and say, "Hey, you know f- you should build a website using Flutter um I, I'll probably be attacked. And I might be, you know, blacklisted by Flutter and their leadership because they're like, oh, oh no, no, we 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 can't, you know, promote using Flutter for web because uh, it's only for web apps. You know, we have to make a distinction between websites and web apps. Um, or if I say, you know, hey, Flutter is the best way to build for Android, they have to they they might have to think, oh no, we we got to protect, you know, the Android and Android compose and the native side, so. I'm trying to find a path forward to where we can say, hey, you should use Flutter to build Android apps. You should use Flutter to build websites and web apps. Um, you should use Flutter for web, You know, for internal tools. Um, we can create tens, at least 20,000 jobs if Flutter could just be used for web apps and internal tools. That's how many jobs are there. Like I've done the market research. It's It's insane. There's so much opportunity. But first, the very first step is being able to essentially build, I guess, enough people here to where we can maybe start taking, we can start taking a stronger stance on some of these things. Because we love Flutter. And for a lot of us, it's our livelihoods. So not being able to use it or promote it feels a bit bit bad. And I really want that to change.
0: You mentioned politics. There's absolutely all sorts of politics going on there. Yes, Google owns both Flutter and Android, so that's a problem. Also, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know that Google or the Flutter org is worried about Apple taking uh, anti-competitive action against Flutter. First, it's unclear what that technically would even look like. Second, we can only imagine the lawsuits that would come out of that if Apple specifically went after a Google tool in the app store i, I don't know who would win or lose that but we can imagine it would be a nasty lawsuit that takes a long time and both companies would spend a lot of money however uh google does have a relationship with apple that gets uh google search onto iphones and i'm sure google doesn't want to at all ever risk that because that's a serious money-making relationship uh, and so the, there's nothing flutter would never be worth more than that, than that monetary relationship. But I don't know, I, Ray, as you're saying those things, I, I, I still come back, I guess, to this concept of a flutter foundation that maybe a flutter foundation should be out there doing all of the, all of the kind of high stakes marketing that the flutter organization itself refuses to do. Let flutter fade into the background and build stuff. And the Flutter Foundation is out there demonstrating, proving, and reminding people that Flutter is more capable than anything else on the market, has greater value potential, has greater professional potential. And, and we don't have to uh, to hold back in that regard because we're, we're not part of Google. We don't answer to the Android team, and we don't answer to the financial relationship between Google and Apple.
1: We do have some, I guess, perhaps... Uh, indications and learnings of what's possible there. And my, my biggest concern is that the moment you try to do anything like that, uh, it, you instantly jeopardize your relationship with the Flutter team themselves. Because if you look at very good ventures um, and their CEO as well, and what they tweet, <laughs> you can tell, you can just look through their tweets and you can tell that they're tiptoeing around a lot of rhetoric. So even though they are heavily into Flutter and they're heavily promoting it, they they are very limited um, in terms of what they, you know, are willing to say. Uh, And, like, I don't know if anyone else notices this as well, but that would be perhaps the most toxic positivity that is in this community, that there's this chilling effect in that we've lost somewhat our... Channels with the Flutter team, and we we we're essentially trying to you know navigate some um, unspecified rules, all the while uh, things are moving so quickly around us, and it's it's really confusing. Um, So I don't know what those rules are, but um, I, I do feel like. Uh, there are some rules that are there.
0: You said you're concerned that we might lose our connection to the Flutter team. And I would say, how much of a connection do you really feel like you have right now? You just mentioned you couldn't get Tim, the head marketing guy, to even promote Flutter for Web. Uh, I've experienced any number of issues that are generally ignored when I file them, um, because I used to be on the team, I am able to occasionally contact some people on the team when I need to speak to a human being. But my guess is most people never even get that opportunity. So I don't know what great connection any of us have to the Flutter team that's at risk. And I'd say we might need to decide whether the short-term relationship versus the long-term health of Flutter, which one of those is actually more important. Now, as for very good ventures, it's always important to remember that they are Essentially, subcontractors on behalf of the Flutter team. They don't simply have a personal, like, conversational relationship with the Flutter team. They have a business arrangement. They are under contract. They have to follow whatever wording is in that contract. They are paid by Google for various services that they provide. That's very different than anything that the rest of us are doing here. And I think that would be different from a Flutter foundation. Which would not be a subcontractor of Google, which would not be dependent on Google for money, and therefore probably wouldn't need to worry about those same kinds of details.
1: Oh, that's really helpful. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, thanks for the clarification there.
0: Sure. Uh, So any other thoughts from anyone in the audience? Just press the mic button to come up and speak. You can ask questions. You can provide comments. You can agree with things. You can disagree with things. We will not have toxic positivity or toxic negativity in this space. All comments are welcome. Okay, so no one's requesting to come up. I think we can start our way towards winding things down. Uh, I think, so let's first remind everyone that we try to do these spaces once a week. So every Wednesday at uh, 12 p.m. Pacific, I'm going to try to host. It's possible that sometimes Ray might host one later in the evening, so people in much further away time zones can join at a reasonable time. Again, our goal here is to get lots of you to come in and lots of you to speak about what's on your mind and what you're working on and what you like and what you don't like. We really want the community aspect here. We don't just want to broadcast, we want to have conversations. So I hope in the future that that those of you who are here will continue to join, but I hope you'll also decide to come up on stage from time to time, share what you're working on, ask important questions, share concerns, that kind of stuff. we should probably do a, maybe a couple of shout-outs here to the things that we're working on. So I am working on, I'm leading an effort to port Swift UI over to Flutter. Um, I've talked about the goals of that previously. You can go back to earlier spaces, but that is in progress. I'm, I've got UX leads that will handle different areas of concern there, and we will kind of start breaking ground on that project in the coming weeks. I also run the Flutter Bounty Hunters, which is an open-source development team is dedicated to open source Flutter and Dart packages, we are always looking for companies to come fund that effort, we will build whatever companies need, we release it in the open, and we have a very simple agency style uh, billing structure. So if any of you run companies, run teams, work for companies that would like to to help professionally support the open source community, consider having uh, whoever that decision maker might be go check out flutterbountyhunters.com. That's all for me on my end. Ray, would you like to remind everybody what you work on and what you lead?
2: Uh,
1: yes. Yeah. So I uh, I personally develop uh, the NoCD um, app. Um, so NoCD is a digital telehealth treatment for, o- uh, for people with OCD. Um, so if you or um, anyone you know has OCD, um, check out NoCD um, and you can get uh, you can get scheduled and start seeing a therapist in uh, two days. Uh, it's very quick. Um, so there's uh, that app that I built. Um, I also am the CEO of Codelessly. Uh, Codelessly is um, an app and website builder uh, for Flutter developers. So it, you can import designs into Codelessly from Figma. And then uh, with our smart suggestions... Uh, You can tap on the UI, tell the UI, hey, this is a slider, this is a row column, this is a bottom bar, and Codelessly helps you convert your designs into working apps and websites. Um, So we've built a complete design to uh, development pipeline, and we have a product called Cloud UI, which allows you to uh, show dynamic sales pages, um, show dynamic promo banners, carousels, et cetera, and it's really useful for um, giving marketing and giving your designers control of any UI that changes quite often. Um, so we've, in fact, built 80% so far of our own uh, you know, front end um, in Codelessly, and it allows us to change our onboarding flows and to move quickly as a startup. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're uh, working really hard to for on a public release um, in the upcoming weeks, um, and I'm also reaching out to uh, different uh, people in the community and helping you know developers get set up in Codelessly. Um, so reach out to me if you you know try Codelessly and you have any questions or feedback. Thanks, Matt. Thanks,
0: Thanks Ray. Uh, Let me give one final opportunity. Would anybody like to come up and speak before we start shutting things down? Give you a few seconds to press that mic button. All right, looks like nobody wants to come up. So with that, we will conclude this week's Flutter chat. I hope to see all of you in the next one. Thanks for dropping by. We'll talk soon.